This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. Hello and welcome to Culture Check the Dark Knight, a Tailgate Society podcast. Please check the tailgatesociety.com and subscribe to Tailgate Society Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Arnold Woods. I'm joined by Emily Cornell. Emily, what's going on? You know, just enjoying now digging into Batman. A little sad to be done with Harry Potter, but, um, you know, exciting to see a new pop culture thing. And um, I'm sure the criminal justice piece of it were just like, it's very relevant for today's climate. No kidding, right? Yeah. We were going to, I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, kind of the, the legalist aspect of the movies. But yeah, just right off the top, I mean, we're going to, you know, it's been a, a wild week. This is um, Saturday recording this, uh, May 30th. And yeah, a lot of protests going on, a lot of, um, clashing between protesters and police in various cities over um, the catalyst being George Floyd in, in Minneapolis, but really it's a culmination of things of, mm-hmm. um, of protests about, you know, police brutality against black people. And, um, you know, this is relevant to us, obviously, Emily and I are both black and we are very aware of what's going on. And um, we're both, um, I don't I'm not going to say we're both. I'm not going to speak for you. I was just, I'm, I'm, uh, drained emotionally and, and mentally. And, um, you know, it's just a lot, but, uh, we have to, we have to acknowledge it off top because, you know, oh, yeah. we're black people in America who are conscious. So even if we weren't black people in America, I think it's still important to acknowledge what's going on. Like I, um, I agree with you hundred percent. Like it's exhausting. It's, um, I'm, I told one of my friends, I was like, I don't want to look at the news. Like, I can't do this right now. Um, and they're like, I'll only send you good things. I'm like, Love it. Um, because, um, it's just really hard to take it all in. And, um, yeah, it's, it should be acknowledged probably by everyone because this impacts everyone. Um, it does. Yeah. We it for sure does. like notice it because like it could impact us in a way that like um does not end well. So you have to become a little hyper aware, but um, you know, other folks for sure needed to understand what's going on and like um everyone has a role to play here. So for sure. Yeah, this is a uh this is a um a pro power to the people <laughs> podcast this is a <laughs> solidarity with protesters podcast this is a 
in the police brutality and killing of black people podcast or people of color podcast. Like this is for all of that. So um, I have a lot of friends who have been out there protesting and um, even people who aren't my friends who I don't know uh, personally, um, anyone who's out there just um, we're with you, man, in spirit. And um, we're praying for you and we want um, no lives to be lost and no harm to come to anyone. But um, at the end of the day, we want uh, to tear down the systems of, of racism in our institutions. So um, with that said, now Batman. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have your note. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of weird how these two things, we just happen to start doing this uh, podcast. It's weird to, yeah, not be doing yeah. Harry Potter anymore. But um, so, yeah, we're going to be taking a look at um, Christopher Nolan's Batman series. Um, his Batman trilogy. We're beginning with the 2005 film Batman Begins. Uh, we will have some spoilers ahead. So if you haven't seen Batman Begins or any of the other Batman movies, we will be talking about them in this podcast and the other podcasts. Um, we'll have some, some, some good discussions here. But yeah, if you, if you don't want to be spoiled on these movies that came out a long time ago, I guess now is your time to make your exit. Um. So just off the top, I guess I, I wanted to ask you, Emily, just I wanted to get some kind of like general Batman thoughts from you. So like, how are you introduced to the character of Batman? Like, was it through comic books? Was it through movies? Like, how did you, what, what's your earliest memories of Batman, I guess? So I think I watched like the cartoon Batman show on TV when I was a kid. Um, and I'd seen like, some of the older Batman movies, like my parents have like Batman forever. And um, so I've like seen them, but like when I was like a lot younger, I obviously, I did not have the attention span as an eight year old to watch a whole movie. Um, But I did like the cartoons and um, wouldn't I like, so Batman begins came out when I was in like middle school and I, it was just like a really cool movie. It didn't feel like, batman to me but i'll talk about that kind of later um so yeah how about you how did you get into batman i think like you i was i was really first my first like extended exposure to batman was the animated series from the 90s that was on fox and then it like got continued into um like the dc animated universe later on that happened when i was like maybe in high school Batman Begins came out when I was in high school, 2005. So it was, oh, I think it was May 2005. I should probably probably should have looked that up. But um, the movie came out and I didn't see it in the theaters. I uh, actually saw it the next year um, at home. My dad rented it or something like that. And we had people over. Um, some of my family members in, were in town. I can't remember why, but um, we just kind of watched it together and we started it late at night and I remember starting it late at night. And then I was like, okay, I'll, I'll watch a little bit of it. And then, you know, in the morning I'll wake up and I'll finish it. But I like ended up staying up late to, to watch all of it. But yeah, I, I was introduced to Batman through, through the, through the animated series. And then as I got older, I started to read more of the comic books um, Batman Forever is a movie that came out in 95 that you mentioned. My sister and I watched that a lot um, with Jim Carrey as the Joker and or as the Riddler. And 
Val Kilmer is Batman and Tommy Lee Jones is Two-Face. So we, that's just a childhood movie that we watched a lot. And Batman and Robin came out after that in like 97 or something. And we watched that a lot too. The first two Batmans, we might, we at something, I don't know if we'll do a pod on those or not, but because this is about the Christopher Nolan trilogy, but we might do something on like other Batman movies at some point. I don't know if we're going to do that or not, but those other, the first two Batman by Tim Burton, those are yeah. really interesting movies. Yeah. And yeah. I, I saw those when I was young, but um, these, the, the Batman Forever and Batman and Robin had more of an impact on me. Yeah, those are ones I remember a little more, but like, I don't think in adulthood I've been like, I'm going to watch these movies again. I've, wa- I've rewatched like the Dark Knight trilogy, but um, again, it's just a little bit different than those other Batman movies. Um, yeah. So what do you think of, um, what, what are your thoughts, I guess? I'm, I'm, we can combine these next two, but like, yeah. I wanted to just kind of get your thoughts of, of Batman before we go into our deep dive of Batman Begins. Like, what are your, what are your thoughts as Batman as a character, just in general? And like, where would you rank him among the big superheroes? He's obviously like a really iconic character. Yeah. But like, what are your thoughts specifically on him? Yeah, I really liked Batman. Um, I thought it probably helped that Batman was super big when I was in high school because of the Dark Knight trilogy. And so, like, Batman was it. And um, he's, like, the less smug and cocky Iron Man of, like, Marvel. So, like, you know, Marvel has Iron Man and DC has Batman. But, like, Batman is just, like... He's out here trying to help people. He won't kill people. Um, he is just like trying to do the right thing, even though being a vigilante is not exactly the right thing. Um, but he's like a respectable superhero. I, my overall feelings, if I had to give Batman a grade, I'd give him an A minus and the minus because like it's kind of illegal to just run around and like be the law. But, like, he seems to only get criminals. I don't know. What are your thoughts on Batman and, like, how do you rank him among the superheroes? Yeah, you make some inter- some interesting points um, in terms of, like, yeah, you know, vigilantism isn't really um, within the bounds of the law. I guess that's kind of the point. But, you know, if, yeah. if, you, if you put it into a real-world context, which we'll we'll talk about a little bit later because Christopher Nolan's movies certainly try to do that um it gets it gets a little um a little hairy there's a a funny snl skit from a couple of years ago when chance the rapper hosted it was his first time ho- uh, hosting i think and they did a skit about a, a skit about how it was like bruce wayne hosting a party like a fundraiser for like inner city gotham youth and like all the youth just keep talking about like all the black people keep talking about how like batman over polices in the communities <laughs> If you like, I I'll send it to you after this because it's really funny. Um, but yeah, I growing up, he's he's definitely one of my favorite superheroes. Um, yeah, he's someone that I see now as. Um, I think that you know costume heroes, and you know vigilantes or whatever. There's a a component of them historically that I think that those characters kind of represent, like how people have different sides to themselves. Yeah. 
how they, you know, if it's duality or if it's, you know, you present different faces to different people in different situations, I guess. And I think that Batman really exemplifies that the best out of the major superheroes. This yeah. you know, guy who puts on this costume and this mask to um, fight crime at night or whatever. And that face being presented to the city as, you know, someone to be feared or someone to be respected or someone to be looked up to or someone to be seen as some sort of protector or someone who's seen as an agitator or whatever it is. And then like the Bruce Wayne persona who is in various ways, you know, sometimes he's presented as like aloof and goofy or, you know, kind of, kind of dumb, which is intentional on his part. Cause he's, you know, obviously a brilliant mind. Yeah. So he's that, or he's like presented as this, you know, really pristine, upstanding, clean cut businessman who, um, uh, is important and carries himself with an air and things like that. And then also, um, he's sometimes viewed as like hyper intelligent guy, hyper intelligent corporate person. So these different sides to Bruce Wayne and Batman, I think, are um, I think that that really presents the the dual natures of people yeah. well, which is what um, a lot of those costumed heroes are kind of about. Yeah. Batman's just like such a contrast between Batman and Bruce Wayne. Yeah, and as as far as like the where I rank him, he's he's pretty high on the list for me. Oh, I yeah. mean, I think my favorite overall, you know, comic books are X Men, but um, Batman is up there as well. There's I have a lot of I have a few really good Batman graphic novels that I really like. I don't know if you, do you have any Batman comic books or I definitely don't. I. Okay. I've yeah nope I can't even be like I've looked at them I've looked at zero comic books in my life um because I'm like oh they're movies um I've been like how most people are like oh there's a movie of the book I'm like oh there's a movie of this comic right great I will watch the movie yeah yeah some people are like super into yeah like the purity of the comics or whatever and yes I I enjoy like seeing the differences between the comic and i think we'll talk a little bit in this episode about some of the comic book influences on batman begins but i i mean they're different mediums and yes exactly like we talked about with harry potter right like this yeah. you know they they share different purposes so i like both um do you want to just get into the movie itself i guess or yeah yeah so um i can do a quick overview of the movie um for folks who have not seen it need a refresher again we have spo- this is a spoiler filled podcast um but bruce wayne like grows up hella rich um his parents die in front of him and this does happen in this movie um and then he is like oh there's so much crime happening like he's super unhappy because his parents died because of crime and so he basically trains to be a ninja with the league of shadows and um without necessarily knowing the motives behind league of shadows where they ultimately as an organization want to fight like corruption and um basically police the world like they're this large organization that they're like well we feel that you are not living the way that we feel is appropriate we're going to tear down your society um and so his mentor is Ra's al Ghul and he 
they like build a relationship and then Bruce is like, oh no, you can't just destroy things because you're unhappy with them. And so Bruce goes back to Gotham to try to like help Gotham. Um, but Razal Ghul and the League of Shadows have like other plans and they try to destroy Gotham with this um, weaponized vapor that like releases a toxin that makes people scared and like so scared that they react how they would like if you were scared you're gonna like fight whatever is trying to what you perceive to be attacking you um so then essentially the city destroys itself um and then obviously batman wins and he saves gotham and stops razzle cool and that is batman begins in a you know two and a half minute condensed form yes So now you guys don't have to see the movie. (laughs) But do recommend the movie. It's such a good movie. Oh, my God. It is. So, yeah, do you want to just kind of like, once you will start off with kind of your first thoughts on it, I guess so broadly, like you going back and rewatching it, you really enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it more than you thought you would? Or what were your reactions right after seeing it? I was just like, wow, I forgot how good of a movie this one is because... When you talk about the Dark Knight trilogy, I feel like a lot of people want to talk about like the Dark Knight Rises and um, just like the Dark Knight. Like people want to talk about not Batman Begins. And when I watched, rewatched it, um, I did it online with some friends and they're like, mm, it's not even the best like movie of this trilogy. I'm like, but this is like such a like how I said kind of earlier that like it doesn't feel like a superhero movie necessarily. It feels really like a a drama like it's a very intense drama but because it has like a superhero in it um it like lightens it even though it's like very heavy what they're talking about like I think when I so when I first saw the movie in 2005 I saw it with my dad over the summer and I was just like cool a movie this is a fun movie and I've watched it again since then but then like re-watching it uh, I was like like recently I'm like wow this this movie's dealing with a lot and like it is important because it sets it up for the later movies um but yeah my initial thought re-watching it in the last week I was just like wow what a cool movie <laughs> which is like not anything profound but I'll take it what were your thoughts re-watching it yeah I, for me first of all it was I my schedule was so crazy this week. I started it on Wednesday, and I watched the first like hour on Wednesday, and then I watched the last hour, like hour and ten minutes today this afternoon. So how was that like breaking sp- it up? It was weird splitting up like that. Like I don't. I would have rather just like watched all of it at once, but like I just you know life, life. Yeah, two kids and just a lot going on in, yeah. in my world. But yeah, watching it in that way was weird because it made it feel like it made me feel like I was watching like a TV show that I had to like finish the second episode of yeah. or whatever. So that was weird. But um, I just I found it so much more interesting. Um, I think about I've seen the movie a bunch of times. I don't know how many times I've seen it, but it's been like years since I've sat down and watched it. I know it's been I would say probably since like college, and I graduated from college in 2010. So it's been a you know about nine and a half years. Um, December of 2010 for those people who are thinking I can't count. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a long time since I've seen the movie and 
I just found it so interesting. Like, and we'll, we're going to get into some of our, our highlights of the movies and stuff, but it's, I, it made me think in a way that it didn't when I was 16. And that's probably, you know, just a, a comment on me, you know, getting older and seeing about things in, in different ways and hopefully more mature ways. But, um, I, I listen to a lot of like movie podcasts now and I'm really yeah. fascinated by the way movies are made in a way that I wasn't before. And so I, I was watching the movie and thinking about like, you know, some of the choices they made as far as like writing and as far as um, where the movie was shot and things like that. And then also I, I was thinking about, like we talked about earlier in the podcast, the um, Batman Forever and then Batman and Robin movies. And I, I thought a lot about how the people making this movie really wanted to pivot from those movies and yeah. make it completely different than those movies. Um, which, you know, those aren't great movies, but, you know, I was a kid when I watched them and I liked them. Um, but I certainly understand, you know, Christopher Nolan and and the writers of this movie wanting to to ground it in more realism. Those other movies are really campy, and this movie is not yeah. a campy movie at all. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just I've I found it interesting for a lot of different reasons. But I I, I really I like the movie. I like the movie a lot, and um, it was it's just it's really well made and. Mm-hmm. Um, the acting performances are, are are good in it, so it's it was just a really like cool thing to look back on it and like like it in a different way now. And there are things that I you know I'll I'll comment on that might sound negative or whatever, but um, overall I just really really enjoy the movie and watching it again. Yeah, agree. So what's the what is? Oh, go ahead. Well, I'm just, I was going to say like, and like after seeing the following two movies, does it kind of make it a richer experience watching Batman Begins? It does for sure. And I'm I'm really excited to, to watch the next two, especially The Dark Knight. I mean, The Dark Knight is maybe the most influential movie of the last 15 years. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm really interested to see how and it's another dark knight is another movie i haven't seen i haven't sat down and watched in a long time when the dark knight came out on dvd like we used to that's one we watched like every week in my dorm so like we i have a very um i have a very nostalgic relationship with the dark knight but um yeah, seeing this one, I'm I'm excited to watch those next two movies and and think about this one having seen it so re- uh, so recently. What about you? It did it like just seeing like w- the why um as I've said with like the Harry Potter m- books and movies, like I don't know what's coming next for anything. Um but I do enjoy looking back after having all of the information and just like being like oh like this they did this this way or and they mentioned this and um I mean this is not even a huge thing and like this is very much a gimme that like even I was like well obviously the Joker is going to be in the second movie but just like the end of Batman begins with like um the Joker leaving a Joker card um and then being like oh we're gonna have to start looking into this so I I just like the small details that like build because for all we know, like the Joker could have been like a minor 
character in The Dark Knight or even um, he could have been the main one and you wouldn't have thought about any other. There were so, so many unknowns that still came with it. So, um, yeah, that's, I think, looking back on all the movies, I'm just like, oh, yeah, like Batman Begins is such a crucial movie. Um, and I don't think it's like a weak movie in the trilogy. Like, I think each movie is strong. And, um, yeah, it definitely, having seen the other two, strengthens the Batman Begins. Oh, I'm glad that you said that, because I think that's a good segue into us kind of talking about our highlights. Yes. Because um, I'm just, I'm interested in this movie's relationship to the other two movies. And I'll okay. get into why a little bit later. But I think, like, off the top, like, one of the first things that stuck out to me when I rewatched this movie is just like the beginning and the beginning we open it on Bruce as a child, right? Like yes. him and Rachel as kids. Like that's how the yeah. movie opens. It's a flashback and there, you know, she finds an arrowhead and they're running and um, he falls down the, um, the hole or whatever. And it's kind of an allusion to him being afraid of bats. It's like a recurring theme in the movie. Mm-hmm. But really what like that's one of the the big things that stuck out to me was just like how much this movie is about Bruce's like childhood trauma. Yeah. And how that trauma like informs the rest of his life and what he's doing. Like that they really hammer home um that Bruce is the way he is because of the of witnessing the death of his parents. Yes. Um and I just like I don't I, I haven't seen The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises in a long time, but I don't remember those two movies lingering on his childhood as much as as much as Batman Begins does. Now, obviously, like that's a plot point for this movie. It's not a plot point for the other two movies, like that's yeah. under, understood. But I don't I can't think of like any references to his parents after this movie in the next two movies. Whereas this movie like really leans heavily on that as as a plot point of just him remembering his parents and doing what he does because of his parents. And there's the scene with him when he's a younger man coming back for the trial of the guy who shot his parents, Joe chill. And he's about to, you know, he's considering shooting him and him and Rachel get into it over that. And he goes up to Falcone because of that and everything like that. Like he's just, he's really motivated by his parents' death um, in this movie in a way that he's not in the other two movies. So I just thought that that was really interesting. what do you think about that? Um, I think that it, it, leans into it being for sure an origin story. Um, So then they don't have to talk about those things in the later movies. Um, Like you, you hopefully maybe some folks really want to just like skip Batman begins and get into the dark Knight or the dark Knight rises. They're just like, yeah, I don't need to see Batman begins, but like you, I don't know if you can watch either of those movies without being like, well, why isn't he doing this? Like, you don't, like, you would question some of his behaviors and his motives and, like, um, yeah, I, it, it leans into, like, he isn't seeking justice for, like, what, I mean, obviously he's seeking what he perceives to be justice, but, like, anyone <laughs> who lives in, like, any part of the world is like, ah, uh, yes, someone coming up and murdering someone is wrong. And if it is your parents, you probably are going to react in a certain way. And that's probably going to inform, especially as a child, like 
how you're going to behave the rest of your life. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, it's very, it's a very good origin story that just kind of, it zooms in on him and not necessarily any of those other things going on throughout the movie. It's a lot of development of Bruce slash Batman. It is. And I, that you saying that makes me think of, I was like looking up some stuff about the movie, like preparing for this podcast. And I read about how Christopher Nolan said like some of the earlier Batman films that we mentioned were more focused on the villains yeah, more so than, than Bruce and Batman. And so he really wanted to like develop that character as a star and like center him. And you even see it maybe a little bit next in the dark night, right. With, yeah. you know, the Joker is like the star of that movie. Yeah. But, um, but Batman begins is very much like Bruce's movie. It's very much a Bruce Wayne centered movie. Yes. Like you're frustrated with Bruce. You're happy with Bruce. Like you, you have, you understand that he's like a multi-layered purse, like character. Like there's more to him than just being like, I'm unhappy that my parents died. And then now I'm a vigilante. Like there's so much happening on various levels of who he is. For sure. I know that you, you did talk about Bruce a little bit. Now I know that, you know, I don't know if you wanted to share some of your other thoughts on Bruce. Yeah. So Kind of went, what I didn't really think about any other time I was watching this movie, probably because I wasn't like, I need to be able to talk about this movie um, at length. Um, But I was like, he seems so extreme. So when he's like, oh yes, I'm going to go to this trial. I'm a very, very highly visible person. Like everyone knows me. Let me bring a gun to shoot this guy. Like, dude, what are you thinking? So like I that was such a wild part. Like <laughs> right? I was like, I'm like what? Like you're like one of the most famous people on the planet. That was such a wild part. And the trial involves his par- like what? I can't. So that like that's the first sign that I'm like, wow, Bruce Wayne is just like extreme. Um, and then for him to be to like his fight with Rachel, where she's just like, get over yourself, basically. Um and after he talks to Falcone and he's just like, I guess I'm just going to disappear. Like, dude, what? Like, how do you decide after that conversation? Like, ah, yes. Let me just like give this homeless man my nice jacket that will probably get this homeless man killed for having this nice jacket. Like he's still not even thinking of anyone, but he's just like, ah, I just need to disappear. Like, dude, read the room. You or like people know you, you have money. And like, if you all of a sudden disappear and your stuff turns up in this area, and I get that like Gotham is like super corrupt, but like, it probably helps the bad guys if like they know where Bruce is. Um, So that's like the other thing where he just is like, I'm going to disappear. I'm going to go and live this way. Um, He starts off extreme and reckless like this, but like, and this is to me part of his like character development is where he becomes way less extreme where he was ready to kill the man who murdered his parents. And by the time he comes back to Gotham after he's with the league of shadows, he's like, I don't want to kill anyone. Um, it doesn't matter like what they did. He's not trying to kill anyone. So um, he just like, he is no longer extreme, but I also see that as like him being like jumping to like a very new stance like that. I'm like, Oh, that's like a, that's a big shift. So um, those are like my thoughts of like Bruce 
as just a, a character. And like we've, we just said, like it is, this movie is about Bruce. And so um, it's good to see that like shift. This isn't in our outline, but can we talk a little bit about, he go he disappears, like you said, right. Yeah. And he, he exiles himself basically to like various, um, um, like Eastern countries kind yeah. of, um, it's kind of hinted that maybe like in Nepal type, or, you know, he might be someplace in, um, in like mainland China or something like that. It's kind of yeah. this, like, it's, it's kind of this, these vague Southeast Asian locations. And that stuff was so, it was kind of weird to me watching that now. Yeah. Because he's, I mean, he's training to kind of be a ninja, right? Like the league of, the League of Shadows are, it's basically ninja training. Yeah. And Ra's al Ghul is like presented to us in the beginning. Um, it's a misdirect, right? Like it's, it's Ken Wanatabi, um, Wanatanabi. I can't, uh, can't pronounce his name. Sorry, y'all. Don't cancel me, please. Um, I love him too. He's in Inception. He's great. Um, and a lot of different movies from, uh, he, he works with Christopher Nolan a bunch. He, yeah. He's in so many movies. Um, but, um, yeah, so he's like presented as as Ra's al Ghul, and you find out at the end of the movie that it's actually Liam Neeson's character, which in itself is weird, right? Like this white guy, like uh, with all these Asian dudes, and like he's their leader, and I don't know. It's just that kind of part was weird to me. Did you was that? What did you think of that? Um, I I was just like, I don't understand it. I didn't understand it when I first saw it, and even now I'm just like how did Liam Neeson become the leader of this group? And then I'm wondering if perhaps the group didn't start in Southeast Asia. Cause you don't see a lot of their faces. So you don't necessarily know if they're all like. It's a good point. But like, still, I don't, I think it goes into the history that he talks about where I'm sure that like the league of shadows probably started in like England because Lord knows they like to go and tell people what to do all over the world in history. So uh, maybe it plays into that because he's also British. Right. Yeah. Know. He's, yeah, it's, it's, you get into like imperialism type stuff. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's like where I'm thinking, but like, I don't, I don't know. And then with his daughter, Liam, right. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. That's something I. I think I'm gonna have to go to Reddit and read about this because I've not ever really quite. I was just like, ah, he was probably sent from like another area of the world to go be with the League of Shadows. Right. It's just one of those things that, like, watching it at the like when I first watched it, I was like, yeah, okay, cool, I can understand this. And now it's just like kind of reexamining it, reexamining it. I'm kind of just like, this is a little off. But you know, it's not. I mean, it's not to the point that it ruins the movie for me i just thought that it was kind of curious now and kind of so like that's type that's the type of stuff that like doesn't hold up as well now yeah but um but still i mean the movie's enjoyable so um kind and to kind of go along with that i guess my next thing is like just the exposition in this movie Mm -hmm. is like off the charts like it's like every 10 minutes someone is explaining something like you get like an info dump Yes. And I think that that is maybe that's a product of, you know, this movie rebooting Batman completely Um, from, again, like off those last two movies, like the Batman and Robin, I think, came out in 97. 
And so this is, you know, eight years later and they're kind of just completely shifting away from what it was into something, something new. And it's, it's very, um, this story reminds me a lot of Batman year one. That's a graphic novel I have. And, and Batman year one is, I think Frank Miller wrote that one. And that's, in that comic is, is Batman leaving Gotham and coming back as a young man, basically was obviously like had a big influence on this movie. Mm-hmm. And he like develops his relationship with Jim Gordon in that comic book. Like that's, so that aspect of that book is what they brought into Batman Begins. And, um, it's, I don't know, like it, the writing is just like, there's so much of like when, when Bruce's dad is in the, uh, is they're in the train, the family's in the train. And Bruce is like, this is, you know, we, we made the train because, you know, we wanted to be the central hub and the Gotham and all this other stuff. And then, you know, Roz explaining the League of Shadows, you know, there's just so many monologues with, with information dumps. And I'm just like, it kind of slows the movie down. And I'm like, yes. I get it because you have to understand what's going on to a yes. point, but it's just, I don't know. It, it was a little clunky to me rewatching it, but that definitely stuck out to me it definitely, Maybe, am I being too harsh or am I like what do you think um I think because you have like read like other like the comics the graphic novels and then like I because like I feel like the them having all those monologues then you don't have to have it later in those other two movies which like if they had all of that in either of those which they kind of do at times in the last movie, but I'm just, it would make it so much longer. These movies are all so long. <laughs> this is very hard for someone with no attention span. Um, so I think that... I'm sure there are areas where they could have trimmed it down or given like a better explanation instead of it being just like a blah, 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 blah. Um, it doesn't necessarily take away anything from the movie for me. It it does like the movie does have like very slow moments. Um but there are enough fat like action moments to kind of balance it out. Definitely. Yeah, I th- this is just what I mean when I was talking about like thinking about how the movie was written and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's kind of where my my mind is in these types of things. But yeah, it's at in you have to any movie like this is going to have a lot of exposition but just the way that it was done i was kind of like kind of like it was just really noticeable to me oh Um, okay but yeah i it's that's what that's what the pod's for (laughs) to kind of like think about these things in a new way for sure um let's talk about alfred what do you what were your your thoughts on alfred in the movie so i think that like michael kane being alfred that's something that just like stood out both like when I had originally watched the movies and then like now I'm like, wow, Michael Caine does such a good job as Alfred. Um, I mean, like you said, it, they're, the performances are like very good. Like um, each character is done really well, but um, I think like after watching it, that's just a character who like sticks with other than Bruce. Like obviously again, it's the Bruce Bruce's story time, but of all the characters, like Rachel 
and maybe because they change Rachel's, I'm just like, uh, okay, you're here and like you're really judgmental of Bruce because you've been childhood friends. Um, but Alfred just like is the most loyal character of any story. And I don't know if that is true of like every other Batman that has been done. Um, I also just, Michael Caine is just like the perfect Alfred. Yeah. You really see like the care that he has for Bruce and um, he's there a little bit in flashbacks at the beginning, but like he doesn't really come in into the middle of the movie um, in full, right? Like from the midpoint of the movie on, like he's one of the major characters, but when he comes in after everything that Bruce has been through and he's, you know, he talks about how he's, he was declared dead because he's been gone for seven or eight years or however long it is. And um, the mentoring he does, yeah, it just, it really comes through and how much that he cares about him and cares about not just him, but his family, like his dad and the generations and things like that. Um, yeah. Speaking of this, this is another thing that I was, that like kind of made me laugh. Like when it, it's an example of the exposition, but when they go into the cave, like in the Southeast corner of the house and stuff like that, and yeah. there's like the elevator shaft and he's like, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Where he comes to you and he's like, you know, when in the underground railroad days, your yes. parents like help you slaves. I was like, come on, man. Like, you know, what? like just say that it's a shaft in the, in the house, man. Like you don't have to, like, y'all don't have to do all this. That was just yes. really funny to me. Um, but no, but no, I agree. Like he's, he, he is great. He's great as Alfred. And he just like, he loves Bruce and, um, again, kind of informing like how Bruce is behaving. Like Alfred loves him even when he's being like the worst, which happens a lot. Like Bruce has some like tough looks, but, um, Alfred is very like, he's not afraid to kind of push Bruce and be like, do better. Um, he just a good character. That's, that's all I made a note of because I was just like, Alfred's just such a good character. He is very caring, very, um, you know, very nurturing, very nurturing presence. Yeah. Really dope. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about kind of the tone of the movie? For sure. Yeah. It's, you know, we've said, already a bunch in this podcast but it's just it's such a tonal shift from the the last two movies that came before it the batman forever and batman and robin mm-hmm. um and then even like looking at different you know in the in in the 70s there's a superman movie with christopher reeves and it's really it's those movies are really again i haven't seen those in a long time but yeah i remember those being really like lighthearted and like whimsical um and this is just he he really is when I say he, I mean Nolan, like he's really trying to like force this realism onto the story. Like yeah. this is what would happen if this man, this billionaire went away to, you know, learn about the criminal underworld and all this other stuff. And, you know, you witness his parents die. And now he comes back to this, you know, city. Um, this is what would happen in the, in the real world if yeah. Batman existed, which is not kind of what the other movies are like, I feel like. No, I don't feel like a lot of superhero movies are like this. Like, um, even I haven't seen the new Batman with Ben Affleck, but I saw the Justice League movie and I'm like, mm, no, that's still not like the Dark Knight trilogy 
doesn't feel, and maybe because it's not like campy and whimsical and like happy and bright, like even like the, the way it's shot, it's just like very dark. Um, and so it doesn't feel like those superhero movies where you're like, yeah, like I want to root for this guy. There are times you're just like, uh, I don't know about you. Um, but it like, realistically could a guy with like billions of dollars just like have the like batmobile tank thing that he drives around gotham probably like he if he owns like this company they probably have an r&d department that's just like all right well we made like this super strong material and we were gonna sell it to the military which like this has probably happened like watches someone's son from like lockheed martin or Northrop Grumman's like, oh, yes, I found all of this stuff and I decided to be a superhero. Like, that very well could be this movie. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it's very... It's like a darker real life. Definitely. And that kind of just ties in also with... Um, when you talk about, like, the, the corporate, like, business aspect of it yeah. and, like... That's just like, I, I see this movie as like a crime drama. Yeah. And before, before we started this, before I rewatched it, like I, to me, the Dark Knight is like the ultimate like crime drama out of the three of them. I think that Dark Knight Rises is more like a social political like type yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, but the Dark Knight is like a crime drama. Like that's how I think of it, like a crime drama and then superhero. And so watching Batman Begins... Again, I'm like, wow, Batman Begins is also like that, like more so than I remembered. Um, it's also just like he's Christopher Nolan is like really leaving, leaning heavily into this is a corrupt city with corrupt politicians, with a corrupt legal system. Yeah, like, it is a crime drama. And then yes. like Batman kind of like on top of that. And it kind of I put this in the notes. It reminded me of um daredevil season one i don't know if you watched daredevil or not i did on netflix yeah. so like yeah just the idea of like you know wilson fisk like having his hand in like every yeah judge's pocket every cop's pocket every politician's pocket like that's kind of like the falcone character a little bit um i have some daredevil comics too which are also great but you know different podcasts i guess <laughs> yeah another i think that'd make it a fun one um talking about daredevil but um yeah i think with the the corrupt legal system i it's good that they show it and that's and like how it's highlighted like how christopher nolan like even throughout the story where it's like bruce is unhappy so he goes and talks to falcone and he's like dude you like you don't have to leave this place alive like it'll be fine we we'll make it work um like while it's like a an exaggeration of like probably current times like i don't know um it being a crime drama you're like oh like this could be what is happening in in certain situations like in vulnerable places so um I'm sure that's not like what most people are thinking as they're sitting and watching this movie. They're just like, oh, what a fun story. <laughs> right, for sure. Yeah. But the the one person like having the power to like 
be able to tell the politicians what to do and like what the police should do. And like the fact that like, there's just this like crooked cop just like with uh, Jim Gordon. And he's like, yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> like what? That would be terrifying if like people just actively knew who was like in the wrong, like who was in that guy's pocket and who wasn't. And they're just like, that's just life. Like what? Yeah, I agree with you. Like when you said it's an exaggeration, like I definitely think it is. And just in the way that like, not to say, I mean, certainly, obviously we see that they're, you know, cricket police people, but like, it's just a different, like a, a, a cricket cop in reality is just more so like, he's just trying to protect his own and his or her own or whatever. Like a cop is just trying to like cops aren't incentivized to report on themselves or on each other. Like, you know, in that way. Like, it's not necessarily, like, that this cop is, like, you know, this this cop is just, like, in cahoots with this major crime lord. Like, that, you know, like, that's just, that's the exaggeration part of it. Yes. Um, And, um, yeah, it reminded me of the movie Seven. I don't know if you've seen the movie Seven or not. This Um, one with Brad Pitt? Yeah. And Morgan Freeman, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, but you, have you seen that movie? I have. It was a so, very yeah. stressful movie. <laughs> it is. Yeah, very stressful. One of my favorite movies, which I don't know what that says about me, I guess. But you like, like to be stressed for two hours. I guess, yeah. Maybe, yeah, I have a sadistic side. I have no idea. But um, yeah, like that city, like it's Seven takes place in like an, an unnamed city where it's raining all the time and it's just gloomy and like that, it affects the mood. So it makes you like anxious and it makes you, you know, stressed out and... like that's what this is like it's the same like in gotham it's raining all the time it's always dark even in the day it's dark it's shadowy it's and it's just it adds to all these these layers of like corruption and it's just like it's this city that's not a pleasant place to be in it's not pleasant it's not a pleasant place because it's so corrupt because it's so like excuse me crime ridden and foul and all this other stuff so like really reminded me of of seven in that way and like these two cops um, who are Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman trying to like solve this horrific case, this horrifically gruesome, you know, serial killer. So you transpose that into this one guy, Batman and these other, you know, Batman and Rachel and um, Jim Gordon are presented as like the only three, like non-corrupt people in the city trying to stop like this rampant corruption. So made me think of that for sure. That's, that's a good uh, good movie to think about for this. I wouldn't have even jumped to seven, but I also don't watch a lot of like dramas or crime movies. Um, I can just, just like, again, how you said how it looks like a place you don't want to be. Like you're kind of anxious seeing this dark place. Um, and I like, it's interesting when he's not in Gotham, like you don't have that same vibe. Like when he's training with the league of shadows, like it doesn't, you don't have like that anxious feeling seeing it, even though he's in like a pretty stressful situation of this training to, you know, fight what he doesn't know what he's about to fight. That's such a good point that you make. Like when the, in the settings where it's not in Gotham, um, being so different than Gotham. Like, you know, when he's training, like you said, like it's so bright and there's these vistas of like snow-capped mountains. And yeah. um, it's just so, and I, again, like that's a, 
that's just like a historic thing. Like, I think that like historically in literature, cities are like evil. I remember I took a, um, a class at Iowa State my senior year. Um, it was a history of the Bible class. Hmm. And our professor talked about how like in the Bible, um, cities are like seen as corrupt. Like cities are written. The people who wrote those books thousands of years ago, like they wrote, you know, cities are evil and corrupt and not good. And like, that's just like a historical thing that's happened. Um, you know, I think Nolan's is really heavily influenced by like Dickens and like Dickens, yeah. obviously tale of two cities, right? Like it's just, um, there's always like the city that's just like a, a corrupt place. And so compare that to like these mountains and it's, there's like him and, you know, Ducard or Ra's al Ghul and Bruce are like fighting on the ice and it's just the two of them. And there's just so, there's so much open space. Yeah. But like you think of that versus like the claustrophobia of Gotham. Like it's just, it's so, it's so different. That's such a good point you make. It's, they, they did a good job. They crushed it in terms of um, showing that and then they do it again in The Dark Knight Rises and uh, I would say in the dark night, but like there are times where like they're in Gotham and it's like very bright and it's when the Joker is destroying things. Yeah. I'm, I'm so interested to see that yeah. next week. So, so like watch that again, cause that is yeah. a shift. It's definitely yeah. a shift. And then um, like the end of dark night rises with Bane and like this giant fight that happens outside during the daytime, which is like yeah. completely different from what we know about, you know, in this movie, Batman is like throwing flashbangs and creeping around at night so no one can see him and this and that. Um, so, yeah. Do you want to talk about, um, what did you think about the League of Shadows? So when I was watching with friends, so I rewatched this like a week and a half, two weeks ago. Um, and when the League of Shadows, they talk, so, um, Ra's al Ghul, uh, is talking about, like, what the League of Shadows has accomplished, and they're like, they, they want to basically humble these cities, um, these, these communities of people who've just, like, gotten too comfortable with, like, extravagance, um, so they talk, he's like, who do you think caused the plague? He doesn't say it like that because like, that'd be weird. But like, basically like we caused the plague and I'm just like, oh, maybe they caused COVID-19. Um, and it's just, I thought the same thing, <laughs> literally the same thing. I'm so glad. Um, but the League of Shadows just like, I, I want there, there might be a movie and I've missed it because that's just life um but like just about the league of shadows it's a very interesting part of this movie and just like you know i don't remember i'm also gonna rewatch the dark knight like this week but they don't talk about it too much and then like league of shadows kind of comes back in the dark knight rises but like i think the league of shadows in general is just a very interesting piece of the um like Bruce Wayne's story, but just like the story in general, like if they're going around and destroying all of these cities, like who's, why is no one stopping them from basically policing this world? Like they think that they're 
they're right. Like I, I assume that most people think they're in the right when they're behaving a certain way. And they think that they're behaving in the best interests of like the party that they think they are quote unquote saving. Um, the league of shadows is a little extreme. They're like, Nope, let's raise it. Like what? You can't just destroy an entire group of people. Cause you're like, mm, don't like what you're doing. Like try again. Like you're not God. This isn't Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> like, come on now. Um, and that's, I just would like to see more of that. Like, I want to see what they do. That's good. Yeah. So like, um, again, like, just like you said, Sodom and Gomorrah, another example, like evil cities in the Bible. Yeah. Um, like, uh, yeah, I, I thought of two things with the league of assassins. The first thing is, um, I don't know if you watch the TV shows, the DC TV shows on, um, CW, but like, that's like arrow arrow. So yeah. So like arrow, it's like league of assassins. Yeah. Um, it's like the same, it's the same thing, just a different name. So like, that's what I think of is like, you know, Arrow and like Sarah Lance and, um, who's on Legends of Tomorrow. Great show. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I really love that show. So I think about like, I know that, and I didn't really watch Arrow at all. I watched the flash. Okay. But I know that like, um, the league of assassins is like really big on Arrow. Um, and I think that it's just like interesting to have it like as a, to have it presented in that way, like as a serialized, like TV, like his arrow isn't yeah. about the league of assassins, but he like comes out of the league of assassins. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just, I, that's the first thing I think about. And then the second thing is how like he uses the league of the league of shadows in this movie. He uses the league of shadows to um, like create a myth for himself. So when yeah. he comes back to Gotham and he's like, a, a lot of the movie is people being like, you know, I heard he can fly. I heard he can disappear. Blah, blah. Like it's him like the mythology of Batman comes from him learning how to like make himself in the into a myth yes. through the League of Shadows. And I didn't really, um, uh, I didn't remember that until I like watched it again this last time. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, they're definitely, they play a huge role and it's just like, I want to know more. <laughs> it's interesting how it like kind of skips over that in the second movie, but like really leans into it in the third movie too. Yes, and I wonder if in the third movie, if it had gone as planned originally, um, if they would have still brought the League of Shadows back in the way they did or not, or I don't know. I mean, we'll never know, but I, I appreciate that they brought it back to like the beginning, but also did they do it because they were like, yikes, what do we do? Or, oh yeah, we actually like really just want to like tie this up neatly. Yeah, I have a theory on that. I think I shared that with you before. Um, not on the podcast, but yeah, I just think that like, I think it would have been very different if Heath Ledger hadn't passed away. Yeah. I think that it just, the story would have been very different. Maybe they still introduced Bane in the League of Shadows. I just think that it, it I think it would have been a lot different personally. I think it would have been a more like a very stressful, it already is a stressful movie. My goodness. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, th- I agree. I think it just would be. It'd be different for sure. Um, any other thoughts? I know that you, I think that we should talk a little bit about, um, I know you wanted to talk about Lucius Fox. Do you want to kind of give your spiel on him? What do you, what were your thoughts on Morgan Freeman, another frequent Nolan collaborator in a bunch of his movies? What did you think of Morgan in this movie? So I forgot that he was in it and like played like a significant role. Um, not like that sounds dumb, but like, he's in it and i remember that he is like this 
he basically got shoved downstairs where no one could see him. No one could hear him because they were unhappy. Like the board was unhappy with whatever he was saying. And, um, and then like at the end of the movie, he then like takes over after getting fired. Bruce is like, nah, you can run the company. Um, and I don't know if it wasn't Morgan Freeman, if I would be like, oh, I'm, I'm thinking about like this older black man is like, he's like the only person of color in the room. And for them to be like, get out, like, we don't really want you around here. I guess the secretary, she might've been black, but like, that doesn't count. Like that's not in the room. That's the decisions are being made. Um, so then for him to just like, by the end be like, nope, I'm leading this company full faith with fruit. I mean, like not that race at all comes into play in this movie, but like it's there, it's always there. And um, the optics of it just, it's very day and night where he starts and where he ends. You're so, you're so right. Like it is there. Like, and it's, I think from the filmmaker's perspective, they th- might think it's not there, but you know, obviously we see it, right? Like we see yeah. that, you know, the secretary is a black woman and then it's Lucius Fox. And then like the commissioner um, in this movie is a black dude. And like the secretary and the commissioner have a combined like seven lines, maybe if that yeah. um, Lucius is certainly a secondary, you know, character who has a lot of screen time and a, a lot of importance to the plot, but um, yeah, it's definitely noticeable. And that's even going back to what we were talking about earlier with, you know, him being exiled to Southeast Asia and, you know, the white guy leading all of the, all of those people. Um, But yeah, like Lucius, like he's just such a, he's, he's in the animated series. He's in a few episodes of those, uh, of the Mm -hmm. animated series. I remember from that, but like, it's just, I really, I enjoyed Morgan Freeman in this role. It looks like he's just like, he seems to just be having such a good time. Yes. You know, you can always tell when like these actors are having fun in these roles and he gets a kind of, he gets a few like dry witty lines and um, he's, he's a bit of an Alfred type figure for yes. Bruce. Yeah. Um, kind of like a, um, just like in that vein a little bit, kind of mentoring him on the tech aspects of it. And he's obviously like this brilliant, you know, inventor mind. Yeah. And um it's also it's great to see him in the in the next two movies too, especially the Dark Knight. He really shines in that movie. Um, yeah, but yeah, he's uh, it's always great to see Morgan Freeman um, just on the screen in general. And I think that he's I agree with you. I think he's so great in this movie. He's and for him to be like a scientist, man. Him and Michael Caine, they carry the movie. That's a yeah. hot take. They really don't, but I really enjoy them in the movie. <laughs> no, they're great. They are. They're both great in the movie. Um, I agree with you. I, I support that take for sure. Do you have any other thoughts on the movie? Um, it's just, I, I really enjoyed watching it again. And I am excited to watch The Dark Knight. Same. Um, I'm excited to watch The Dark Knight just because that's such a great movie. It's one of the best movies ever made or, or whatever. But I'm also excited to watch it and compare it to this movie. Like, yeah. like we said earlier, I just, it's, I'm glad that I was able to, that we were able to do this and I was able to go back and um, kind of examine it from a new lens. And I'm, I'm excited to do that for the next movie too. Oh yeah. It's definitely helpful. And like being able to like go into it being like, all right, I know that I want to like look for certain things and 
with the understanding that you also kind of know what happens in the next one and like you have all you have all the information so it makes it a little bit a little bit better to look at it it's gonna be a good one I'm, yeah. I'm excited for the next episode. I'm also excited for, I know that we're going to do more than just three of these podcasts. So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see like kind of which directions we take after that as well. So, Oh yeah. Same. And like this one, this was super fun. So I'm just like, I'm ready to, when we're out of just going individual movie and just kind of bringing them all in. For sure. Um, I, I suspect we'll be texting a lot throughout this week when we, when we watch, have, or have you watched dark Knight again yet? Not yet. Okay, yeah, I, I suspect that we'll be we'll be texting a lot during the week on this one because it's oh. such a great movie. Oh yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you everyone for listening. I need to be better with that. I don't want to say thank you guys. Thank you everyone for listening. Nice um, way to catch yourself. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm I'm a student affairs. I need to be better with that. Um, and yeah, just get ready for for next week for our Dark Knight podcast. <laughs>